Hello and welcome to The View from the Ninian. We're in a bit of a spell with no games for Cardiff City now. No FA Cup game on the weekend, also we, we lost earlier on. And no game for the international break for two weeks. So, something a bit different this week. We're going to be pondering, what does the future hold for Cardiff City? Enjoy. I'm really excited this week to have two brilliant guests joining me. First of all, we've got the original view from the Ninian, Mr. Ben James. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, very well, thanks. How are you? Yeah, good, thank you. All good. Perfect. And we've got a special guest this week as well, Mr. Mark Carter. Hi, Scott. How's things? Yeah, good, thank you. Thanks for inviting me. No worries, no worries. Obviously, this week, is, uh, there's been a bit of a, a week since the game. We've got another two weeks until we play. How are you holding up? Yeah, I'm just missing football at the moment, really. It's um, a bit of a weird kind of hinterland between games, and I think the Premier League games at the weekend kind of made me realise that we, we should be playing, and I kind of, I think I feel like when you don't play and other teams play, it makes you a bit bit nervous and a bit more kind of aware of where you are on the table, so I just, I would, I would like to be getting back to playing football sooner rather than later, really. Yeah, what about you, Mark? Are you uh, having City withdrawal symptoms? Yeah, a little bit, yeah. Um, it's quite quite interesting to see how Chelsea are getting on mind when uh, we haven't got a game. But uh, yeah, I think the uh, the rumours are that Sarri's got on unlimited time. I think, and they're they're the one, isn't it, Ben? That you look at and think out of those big teams that we've got coming up, perhaps that's the scalp. Yeah, I think so. You know, a home with a, I think it's basically sold out now. So it's going to be a, a big crowd there. And I think there's there's two ways of looking at it, really. Either Sarri's going to be gone and the players are going to kind of be pressure-free or they're going to want to get Sarri sacked. So they probably won't put in as much effort as they uh, might normally. And I think that's the one that we, we've got to aim for three points there, really. I mean, if we get three points there, then we can we can do anything over the last month of the season. And just, just hope that Agent Kepper's back in goal and uh, he'll sabotage Sarri again. Yeah, with those uh, coconut wrists, I believe they are. That, that, that kind of weak wrist that he had on the, on the penalty shootout and refusing to go off. It's uh, it's nice to see other clubs going through some drama. <laughs> Obviously, this week we, we plan to talk about the future of Cardiff City and you know a few things post Warnock, the academy, that type of thing. But the big news that that kind of circulated last night, the rumours, and it's been confirmed today, is that that Aaron Gunnison's leaving the club. And and Mark, what, what's your reaction to that? Yeah, I was gutted really. I mean, Aaron Gunnison's. Um... A player that I really enjoyed watching. Um, you know, he's he's been here for eight years now, and he's he's seen us through uh, some good and bad times. And um, I think I think um, it's disappointing to see him go. Um, I know there's a lot of people saying that um, they don't like the way he's handled things and things like that. But um, I th- I think he's earned his chance to, to go where he wants really and, and get the money that he wants and um, take it easy on his body for the rest of his career now. Yeah, and that's it. And Ben Mark mentioned there about he's been here the good times and the bad, and and he really has, hasn't he? You know, he joined uh, almost eight years ago, and mm-hmm. he was with Mackay that first promotion, and went through the whole rebrand, and you know, some some dire times at the club, and you know, he is a modern city legend in my eyes. I mean, what, what do you think about? What's your view on Gunnison? 
Yeah, I love the guy. I think he's, um, if, you, if you look at his career at Cardiff, he was pre-rebrand, he was rebrand, post-rebrand, and now in the kind of um, the, the future of Cardiff City, I think, which is what I'm calling this phase now as we look towards um, the end of the season and beyond and what comes next. And I think I, I won't hear a bad word said against him, really. He's put his body on the line for us for eight years through championship football, Premier League football. And I think um, there was a time, you know, earlier on this season, we really missed him. He He came in, he kind of, solidified that midfield and has contributed like with a couple of really good runs for a couple of goals and I think he deserves to kind of um, be able to you know make his own decision and leave when he wants rather than kind of us making a decision for him and I think him I mean he's going to go in big money over there in the, in the um, golf league and, and probably have a, a bit of a less testing time on his body which I think he's um, he deserves really deserves a rest he does and, and Mark he's made a real difference this year hasn't he I mean we started pretty poorly to the season and it it was one of those, you know, where is that first win going to come? And Gunnison came back in against Fulham, I think it was, and, and it straight away made that difference. And, and from then, you know, the side kicked on and, and I think you can look at him as a catalyst. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I mean, all the stats seem to point to the fact that he's with him in the side, we're better with him as well. So um, he's, he's the kind of player who, who knows... Where to be at the right time, and um, and he's shown that with a couple of vital goals. Um, I mean, obviously, Forest last year was was vital for us, and the first goal against Man City the last time we were in the Premier League, and um, he's just he's just always been a solid player for us, and 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 every time he's come in, we seem to be a lot more stable. Um, I think probably a few people have, have seen him and 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 saying that he hasn't got the pace anymore. Um, but I mean, if you've got the the football brain that he's got, he, he he can get in the right positions at the right times, you know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And you know, I think that 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 will all is one of those things that that when he's gone, you'll realise, you know, kind of what we had in a way, and and those those doubters will will see how important he was. And um, you know, we're talking about the future now, and and it begs the question at the end of the season of how thin that centre midfield will be with, you know, Gunnison gone, Arta going back on to Bournemouth, Camarasa back to Betis if, if we don't keep either of those. And, you know, our permanent mid centre midfield base is looking at Joe Rawls, uh, Bakuna, Damore and Stuart O'Keefe. You know, <laughs> so certainly, uh... those Stuart O'Keefe at the end there, real blast from the past. <laughs> I was actually at the Arsenal game, it was funny, Stuart O'Keefe was stood right in front of us. Um, in in the stand basically with his um partner, it was oh, really, really yeah really bizarre. I was like, kind of walked in. It's like I didn't even know he was still around. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and you almost expect that from you know players that are fan favourites and you know in the team, but maybe an injury or or suspension. Not someone that's had a pretty torrid time since he joined the club. You know he's never really been in favour or that popular. Um, no, and he's kind of been. He was at Portsmouth. I think he was at MK Dons as well. I think he's kind of been here there, and everywhere. But I thought, you know, fair play to him for coming along and and being in the crowd. It was. Yeah. It was he seemed like a really nice guy. So unless he's an Arsenal fan, that's that's probably unless the reason. He's, an Arsenal fan, then, um, <laughs> he's in the wrong end, and I think the stewards would have to deal with that. <laughs> well, that's Gunnison. You know, he, he's off, and and we're all we're all missing, and we're all you know grateful for you know what he's done for Cardiff City but that takes us on nicely and you know the next page in in the chapter of Cardiff City and we're going to talk a bit about what the future holds um, for Cardiff City and Ben you and I have had you know a few chats about Warnock and in the past and that it very much looks like this is going to be his last season doesn't it? Yeah I think so I think I, I think it's, it's been probably a bit harder than he anticipated and then I think um, you know the whole Salah thing happened and I think there was 
there was a moment after the Arsenal game where he kind of came out to uh, applaud the fa- fans in the first game after the um, Salah uh, tragedy, and he just didn't look like the same person. I think that that whole couple of weeks, that month where that all went on, has really taken its toll on him. And I think, you know, if he if he keeps us up, I feel like that's him signing off on a high. Really, I think. Uh, he, he, you know, he can do what he wants if he keeps us up, and I think he he will move on. I think if we go down, he'll move on. If we stay up, he'll he'll go out on a high, and I think um I think it's probably the right time for him to do so. And if we look back at, at his time in Cardiff, you know, you said it's been a bit harder than perhaps he anticipated. He joins in in October 2016, replacing uh, Paul Trollop, um, who, yep. who had two wins from eleven. We were second from bottom in the championship, and. You know, he had a hell of a first, you know, six months or so in the job and signed the likes of Hoylert and Bamba. Um, the less said about Shamak and Kieran Richardson, the better, perhaps. <laughs> but, you know, took us to 12th that year. The following season, promoted, you know, the first manager to win eight promotions uh, in the professional leagues. And, Mark, there's not much more you can say about him, is it, other than the impact that he's had at Cardiff City is, is greater than perhaps any other manager could. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's been fantastic. And, I mean, it, he's always been a manager that I thought would be a perfect match for, for Cardiff City. Um, and I think he's also said, he's gone on record saying that he's, he watched Cardiff City before and thought I, I'd quite like a go at managing them. Yeah. Um, and I think um, I think what he's done is, is fantastic. I mean, not just on the pitch, I mean, off the pitch. Everything at the club seems so much better now. Um, I think, I think, the way the way he works, um, he gets everybody together as a unit, and uh, that includes everybody at, at the club and in sort of um, backroom staff and, and and everybody really around the club. is It just feels like it's Cardiff City again. Yeah, and that that's the most important thing, perhaps, Ben, isn't it? You know, all the success on the pitch has been great, but when Warnock does leave whoever comes in is coming into a club in a 10 a million times better state than than what Warnock found it in yeah for sure I think um when Warnock came in we were probably still suffering with the hangover of uh I I don't want to say that Slade was a hangover but I think that whole Solskjaer into Slade era wasn't the best handled we'd had the red kit things were all over the place off the pitch as they were on the pitch and I think Trollope was the kind of you know, I think at the time I supported bringing him in because I thought he was a good football man, but he was evidently the wrong man at the wrong time for that job. And I think Warnock just came in and he, there's something about him that galvanizes your team. And I think that's exactly what he did. He came in, I think he saw that the players he had were decent enough. You know, we still had the likes of Sean Morrison. He had people like Bamba um, and Hoylet coming in and the, the other two that we shall not name. And I think he just, he <laughs> took the club from... A position where things were looking really bleak and has just taken it from strength to strength and he's leaving it I think more united um, more focused and I think with a better kind of almost like football grounding that we had before because I think before that we were kind of rudderless and I think he's just grounded us completely in, in a way of playing football in a way of being successful and I think he, he'll be going away and, and leaving that in a you know in a really good shape. I think one of one of the most important things that that happened when he came in was obviously that he united the club and that, but I think he really understood perhaps where the likes of um, Slade and Solskjaer and Trollope struggled. He really understood what the Cardiff people were about, and Mark, you mentioned about he he said that when he came to Cardiff, he knew he'd want he'd want to manage us one day. Um, but, you know, Cardiff yeah. fans in general were you know a working class city. You know. We value hard work and passion from the players, probably more so than you know fancy flicks and, and nice football. And 
and maybe Warnock in the past has struggled at other clubs because his footballing mentality and philosophy represents and reflects that you know hard work whereas other clubs perhaps have wanted the the fancy football but Cardiff fans I think on a whole are, are pretty accepting of of crap football as long as as long as it's hard work and passion and and dedicated from the players that's it I think he, I think he his mentality is that he, he wants to make make a team a family and 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 I think generally sort of people from the north that family is everything to them and 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 that's that's everything to Cardiff City fans as well. Um, but I think I think you're right. Every Cardiff City fan just wants to see players that give their all and and leave everything on the pitch every game. Definitely, definitely. And one of the things that he's, we talk about him leaving the club in a in a better state. And one of the when I was reflecting uh, earlier, doing some research, and I'd forgotten actually of, of how many of the players he got to renew contracts last summer. So regardless if we go down or, or stay up, the new manager's got a really good core of the squad um, who all signed new long-term deals last summer. And there's a lot to build on then. Yeah, for sure. I think it, it, it showed a lot about who Neil Warnock is and what the kind of state the club was in, that he got people like Brian Murphy and Matthew Connolly to sign new contracts, even <laughs> though they were probably getting nowhere near the nowhere near the first team. And I think... He, he, they just wanted to be around a club that's going in the right direction. I think there was who, who came back. Um, who was the guy we had last season? Traore, who came in and only played three games, but yeah. he said that he was just so happy being around the team. And I think that's exactly what Warnock builds. And I think, like you say, you know, going into this summer, yes, we'll have people like Arta, Camarasa, and, and Gunnarsson leaving, but the majority of the squad is going to stay together, and it's going to. Um, probably stay together for quite a long time because I think Morrison's deals a couple of years away from having to be renewed again and and, and you know we signed Bobby Reed and um, Josh Murphy last summer so we've got a real good core group of players who who kind of know the ethos of the club um, know exactly what the club's about and know the fan base and if Warnock stays or goes or, or whatever happens this summer we've got we've got players there who are going to stick around yeah and like I said regardless of what division we're in if we do go down we've got quality players who have committed to the club long term if we do stay up we've got a core of of a squad who have got a experience of the premier league and a relegation battle under the belt that will only serve them better next season so you know the club in general are in are in a really good state and you know where like i said whoever the next person to come in can't take over a, a club in a better state i don't think no i don't think so i think it's just I think from from where we were when he came in to where we are now. I think when, like you say, when he came in, we were on our on our heels. We were kind of struggling. We were, at, you know, a, a club in disarray. And I think he's he's just taking it on two years, and and he's just going to leave it in a solid base. And I think that's that's the best we can hope for, especially in the Vincent Tan era, because we've kind of lurched from crisis to crisis. We've had you know changing from red to blue. Russell Slade coming in, Solskjaer coming in, spending loads of money on kind of. You know, a few players like Adam Lafondre, who were, frankly, a waste of time looking back. And I think with <clears throat> with with Warnock, that that he's going to leave it in in such a good position that any manager who comes in might only need to sign two or three players, and we're in a really good position whether we're in the Premier League to stay up or whether in the Championship to to fight our way back up. We've talked there about you know who, when someone comes in, coming in a good position, and you know we could speculate all day about. Um you know, who the next person to come in should be. Um, but Mark, I just want to get a feeling of, for you, for the next manager of Cardiff City, what are the priorities? What would you be looking out for? And, um, you know, what would you want from the new manager? Um, well, I mean, 
it's a massive decision, whatever happens. And I think the, the main factor, obviously, is where we're going to be. Um, I think if, if we stay up, I think the decision probably is going to be a lot harder than than if we go down. I think I think there's going to be a lot of managers available if we go down that, that quite fancy sort of taking taking us on to get us back up again. Yeah. Um, I personally think sort of um, someone like Darren Moore, who's I think has been really hard done by at West Brom. Yeah. Um, I think uh, obviously there's players, people like Neil Harris, doing a fantastic job at Millwall, despite the fact he's on limited resources. Um, or do we give a chance to someone like Mike, Mike Flynn or um, somebody more up and coming? Yeah. Um, I think I think if we stay in the Premier League. I think we're going to be looking again at somebody who's who's good at getting results from from limited resources because I don't think we're going to be spending a lot again um, with our financial situation. Um, I just wonder whether we could tempt someone like Gasparini from Atalanta, yeah. who's um, who's done a superb job there and, and got them into Europe with with very little uh, resources there. Um, but I mean, the the priority I think for us. I think he's going to be getting Manga to sign a new contract because with with Bamber out injured now and not not sure whether he's going to be back in. I think Manga's going to be huge for us next season. Yeah, yeah, you're right, and he's you know he's been huge this season, and I'm I'm sure that he'll have plenty of suitors. Uh, you know, maybe back in France and, and other Premier League teams offering maybe more money than he's on here. Um, yeah. So it'd be you know I agree a priority to get get him signed up. And Ben, I mean. I always thought that that Craig Bellamy would be the next Cardiff manager <laughs> after after Neil Warnock, probably like a lot of a lot of Cardiff fans did. And I mean, I'm not even sure what's going on there now. I know that investigation kind of got a bit sidetracked by the the, the Salah tragedy, but I mean, I, I've not seen any update of whether he's still being investigated. Have you? No, I haven't seen anything. I think um, the 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 update that I was I thought it was was that he was suspended because it was a formality that the investigation was going ahead. But I haven't seen if that investigation has been concluded or or what the next steps are. But yeah, I agree. I thought he was going to be the man to come in, perhaps alongside um, the director of football or or someone um, to kind of sit alongside him and and kind of be the the level head, shall we say, to Bellamy's hot head. Um, but I thought, yeah, sure as hell that I thought Bellamy was going to be the man to take us forward. But um, I mean, that remains to be seen, right? Yeah, yeah, and it would certainly be be interesting. And what I would say about Bellamy is that he, I think he would transform the club again in that, I can't remember if it was this season or, or last season that he was on Sky Sports doing a Cardiff game and, and was critical of, of the... Um, the style of football that we were playing, yeah. he, you know, even though he's an employee of the club, he very clearly has a way that he thinks football should be played, and you know, he's been over and and to Ajax Academy and stuff like that, studying how they develop their club and their youth system, and I think he would he would try and bring that into Cardiff for sure. And I think I've you know I I, I hear um, I've heard rumours about the way he interviewed for Wales and a, a few conversations around that, and I, I I do believe that he's an absolute student of the game. I think he's very thorough in, in what he does. He he knows who his best players are, and he knows probably how to get the best out of them. And I think he knows almost a, a few years in advance who the next players who are going to be coming through are. And I think he's just the kind of person who wants to know what's going on in France, what's going on in Holland, and how can he apply elements of that to his game and how he's going to coach players. And I think it's it's uh, I think it's a, a really good trait that he's outspoken. I think that if he came in, he would he would have a system in mind and he'd have a way that he wants to play and I think as as much as it would be good football I think it would be 
combative and, and passionate football and it'd be the kind of football that we like intermixed with that kind of um, sexier football shall we say than we play under Warnock yeah yeah and I think that that Bellamy and we'll come on to the club as a whole but you, the perhaps one criticism and, and not criticism but maybe a slight mark on, on Warnock would be that some of him his methods can be outdated and we you know Ben you, you've talked and be, spoken before about um you know, a director of football and a whole recruitment mm-hmm. model and, and, and team and, you know, the likes of uh, Brighton in the Premier League or um, Brentford in the Championship have have put these whole analytical departments mm-hmm. and recruitment strategies beyond statistics and and Warnock, you know, our chief scout is, is one of Warnock's mates, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, that's what I... you could see Bellamy bringing in, couldn't you? Transform the club that way as well. For sure, and I think uh, Warnock's approach to transfers is best summed up by how we signed Camarasa. We went to watch... Um, Bournemouth in a, a pre-season friendly saw that Camarasa was playing for Betis and he looked good and we we made an offer for him it was it was a bit of a stroke of luck really and I think <laughs> I think if Bellamy is the kind of person who's going out to places already like Holland and like Ajax to see what they're going on I think he'll have he'll be there taking notes on players who might be able to benefit him in the future and he'll be forging those links with other clubs which means that you can have those reciprocal relationships so instead of going you know wildly swinging out there for loans he can call up someone at Ajax where he knows they've got a really good academy and a really good kind of footballing brained players coming through and just say you know can we loan him for a year can we get him in for a year and and it's more likely to come around that way and I think that's an, a really important thing in 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 modern day football Glenn Leuven's Mark II from the, from Holland exactly sexy Dutch footballers <laughs> what, what more could you want yeah. and Mark obviously Bellamy's done his time in in the academy and you know We'll come on to to the youth network in Cardiff later on in the podcast, but you know, educating those younger players of, of his style of play, and then you know, surely you'd see more young players coming through to the first team with with Benamy in charge. Yeah, I think so. Um, I I think um, I think unfortunately with the with the youth thing um, at the moment is is we've gone through a period of restructure in, in that sense, and I, I think it is going to be a little while until we start seeing. Sort of your Joe roles and and players like that coming through to the first team again, um, but I mean there are players there. I mean I think they're just um, maybe sort of a little bit too young at the moment to um, to break through. But but I think I think the future is good. I think the the way we've set up now, I think I think it allows us to to um, create these players and 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 um, and I, th- I think we'll uh, we'll start seeing a few more come through now. I mean you just got to look at Swansea. They I think having an extended period of time at the top flight as well obviously helps your development because they play at a higher level. Yeah. Um, so I, th- I think we will we will see it. Yeah, and I'm aware for for those listening perhaps that that these conversations are, are very sort of um, hypothetical, and, and you know we don't even know if we're going to be in the Premier League next year or not, and and perhaps it's a bit premature having these conversations, but. Um, you know, there is this big question around what happens post Warnock, and for me, I think you know Warnock very much is the identity of of Cardiff City, and it's hard to think of anything without him. And you know, I'm really interested in you know these these different recruitment and development models, like the the likes of uh, Brighton and Brentford, and um, you know the Ajax one recently. You know, with obviously they beat Real Madrid, and reading these things about them planning. You know, they knew that this was going to happen because they've been, you know, this model of getting these players into the young team from 16, 17. Um, and I think that in the modern age, probably clubs need to be a bit smarter about their recruitment than than they used to be. So, I mean, that's kind of a bit of context about, you know, 
these this podcast and you know how hypothetical it potentially is but it's always good to have these discussions ben isn't it about you know the future and what could happen next yeah precisely and i think especially in 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 modern football where you say that wait like exactly what you say everyone's planning that far ahead and i think if I think to be planning just a couple of weeks or a couple of months ahead isn't enough anymore. I think a lot of clubs out there are looking at, at the start of the season. They're going, this is what we do in Jan- uh, in the summer. As soon as August comes around and that transfer window closes, it's on to January and it's on to the next thing. And I think if if we don't do that, then we're in danger of getting caught out. And I think you, you need to create that succession plan. Otherwise, it will just fall apart. Because I think if we... If we're if we're in a position now where the club behind the scenes doesn't know perhaps that Warnock's going to quit or retire, there should be a kind of a contingency plan being put into place. And I think the, the Gunnison thing is a prime example of, of that. Really, I think you know everyone's a bit why have we announced Gunnison leaving now. Why is it announced now? It could derail our season. The club would have known about this probably from last summer, which means things won't be so upsetting when they do come around and i think if you're if you're doing that behind the scenes you should kind of be doing it in public as well a little bit to kind of ease the the, the pressures in that sense yeah definitely and one of the things Ben, I know that you before the podcast you you spoke to me about and, and we'll touch it now is the board and you know you're quite a strong believer aren't you that there should be a, a football person so to speak on the board yeah i think yeah, whether that's someone who exists on the board now who, who's learnt quite a lot about football over the last couple of years but I think one of the big problems and the biggest kind of <clears throat> seemingly differences between Malky Mackay and Vincent Tan amongst probably a million things but one of the most public disagreements was obviously over Andreas Cornelius and I think as, as much as Cornelius didn't turn out to be a good signing and it, it was a, a probably a, a failure in that sense I think if if there had been a football person on the board who would have kind of tried to understand what Mackay was doing by signing a young player who was going to come in and probably you know could have been a striker for sort of five years down the line and, and grow into the role, then I think that would have eased the tensions a little bit. And I think that's what I think the club might have learned over the last couple of years, really. With Warnock being there, they haven't needed someone on the board to be so football-focused. But if Warnock goes, I think they're going to need to have someone on the board who is just... A football brain really which is why I think the director of football role might work quite well because you just need someone in the boardroom who's going to understand transfers a bit better who's going to understand the processes a bit better and understand why we need to be scouting in certain regions and that kind of thing and it it, it just eases the, the tensions really a little bit between management and board level because they have a, a better understanding of exactly what's going on and exactly what's needed and, and the thought processes that go behind it. Yeah and, and looking at you know the current board and Mehmet Dalman and Kenshu have, have done an unbelievable job and you know particularly with the the uh, you know the Salah tragedy they handled themselves you know with the utmost respect yeah. and dignity um, yeah. but looking looking through the boards so you've got Dalman who's an investment banker Kenshu who you know is a businessman he's a CEO of of a luxury car dealer as well as at the city Steve Borley's still there obviously local businessman we all we all know quite well um two pronunciations I'll probably get wrong here Derek Chi Seng Chin who, who's a lawyer and Datuk Marco Ronaldo Maria Caramella Mario Caramella sorry yeah I didn't know we had a Ronaldo at, at Cardiff <laughs> yeah. um, I mean he was born in Cardiff but you know he's a successful businessman in Malaysia and you know that board to me reflects Vincent Tan's you know pedigree as a businessman not a, not a football man Mark and what's your view on that? Yeah I think um I think we do need somebody uh, who knows football on the board. Um, I, th- I think we've got a great, uh, a great couple of leaders there in, in Mehmet and, and Ken Chu. I think Ken 
particularly is, is great at sort of um, making everybody at the, fee- at the club feel like they're part of the club. And I think he's he's gone on record before as saying that that's that's how he likes to do business. He likes people to be involved and, and feel um, feel like they're really part of something. Um, but I think I think we do need somebody who can who can advise everybody on on the football world. Um, I think I think obviously Ken and Mehmet um, are, are learning, and they've learned from our previous. Um, Previous experiences of the Premier League, but I think I think um, it'd be advisable. And I don't know whether Neil Warnock would stay on in in some sort of capacity after he leaves, or um, but I think we do need a voice in their ear, really, just to sort of point him in the right direction and and, um, and what Cardiff fans would want. Yeah, Ben, this isn't a criticism at all of of the board, is it? You know, and looking at Cardiff City as a business, you know, what Dalman and Ken Chu and Mitsu Tan and the board have been doing is yeah. remarkable. And you know, you even just look to um, the end of last week or this week when the season ticket prices were released, and you know, the goodwill and, and the respect that they've had for the fans, keeping the prices, you know, at reasonable level, maybe small increases for some, some even, you know, a drop in prices. Yeah. And the feel around the club, while Warnock has had a lot to do with that as a business as a, a, a communications you know vehicle the club has improved remarkably in that sense as well oh massively so and i think um i you know Mehmet dalman's been there for quite a long time but i think ken chu has had a lot to do with that i think he's he's he's, he's a bit reminiscent of um was it dato chan when when tan yeah. first came in and chan was always with the fans walking around the ground and that's you see that with ken chu i remember um we went to it was a game i think just before Warnock came in, there must have been the season before, it was around Christmas time, and we went to the club shop, and he was just in the club shop, and we ended up talking to him, and he just handed over a full kit to my friend, who, he was living in New York at the time, and he said, oh, and you know, I spend a lot of time in New York, and, and Ken Chu just went, oh, what size are you? My mate told him the size, and Ken Chu said, there you go, there's a kit, wear it in New York, and advertise Cardiff City for us, and I think <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. it's, nice. it's those little touches that show that he gets the club, and he gets exactly what goes into the club, and he kind of is on the level with the supporters in that sense and i yeah i, I don't want it to be um seen as a criticism at all i think it's it's the, the club's in such a great shape now and it's down to the people who are on the board that have done that it's just that if if, if warnock goes and we're kind of stuck in that hinterland for a little bit it's it's just that bridging the gap that i think that i do worry about a little bit and it's it's it could be a minor thing but uh, you know if we if we get the wrong manager in and, and things don't work out then i'd like to see something like that change yeah, and it it might be Mark that that all of this this conversation and even the you know the focus on Cardiff's transfers is heightened being in the Premier League and comparing us to to the other nineteen teams with bigger budgets and you know um, recruitment and stuff like that. Perhaps if we were in the Championship, there'd be less focus on this and you know almost the the scattergun approach that the Ben spoke of with the cameras and stuff like that would be more acceptable but when you start to compare to you know obviously the big guns Arsenal brought in their head of recruitment after Wenger left and Liverpool have this famed transfer committee but even Bournemouth have a 10-man recruitment team and Brighton have Tony Bloom who's a mathematician with the club recruitment and their head of recruitment shares an office with Chris Hewton and the CEO and this emphasis on player evaluation and so I think that's heightened isn't it that we're now comparing to these clubs who have this amazing uh, infrastructure for recruitment and maybe we're looking a little bit outdated or, or out of touch yeah and I, I think um, 
also the fact that we we got promoted a year earlier than we probably predicted um, at, at the start of um, this season, and um, <clears throat> I think um, yeah, I think I think it's just going to take us a bit of time to catch up, catch up really, because we seemingly were were on the slide. Um, I think, and since we came down from the Premier League last season, last. Um, Last time, I think we were, we were on a bit of a slide, and I think it's going to, just going to take us a bit of time to to recover from that. And I think um, Warnock and the board have been been great in getting us back back on an upwards curve now, and and we need to start looking at other clubs now and how other clubs are doing things and and how we can how we can improve as a club and 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 make our stay in the Premier League a lot a lot longer. And all of this then feeds into a conversation about Cardiff's identity. And, and I touched earlier, and I'm a strong believer that Neil Warnock is the identity of Cardiff City at the moment. You know, you ask a Millwall fan, a Brighton fan, anyone to think of Cardiff's identity, and I'm pretty sure that they would describe Warnock. So it pegs the question of once he leaves, you know, Cardiff losing that identity. Um, I've, I, I, I do know what you're saying, but I think. I think it's up to us as fans to carry it on, really. I think Warnock does his best, you know, after every game. So I listen to the fans. They were magnificent. And I think the fans have found their voice again this year. I think for, you know, the the seasons under Solskjaer, then Slade, and then the first couple of months under Trollope, the, the ground was barren, you know. I, I, you'd go to games and it was silent. And I, I, I understand that being in the Premier League is probably you know, got a lot to do with that and it brings it back. But I think we've, as a, as a fan base, we're, we're singing again. We've got, you know, the LA, LA, LA song, which we probably sing too much, but it gets yeah. everyone going in the ground. And I think I've gone to several away games this year where the atmosphere has been, you know, I think it was Everton away. We were the loud, you know, the, the ground was silent apart from us. Arsenal away, same again. I think the fans have got their voice back again. And I think that's what Warnock has brought to the club. Yeah, I, you know, everyone else from the outside is looking and going, it's, it's a Warnock club that's, that's their identity. Warnock's the guy there, but I actually think the fans can can take that on and, and become, you know, have their own voice again. And I think be known for the, the kind of the raucous atmospheres that we used to be known under Sam Haman for. Yeah, I guess I guess my my point perhaps is that you know when Warnock does go and we've talking about the likes of say Bellamy coming in, who would have this totally different idea and try and develop mm-hmm. his own identity, we might come at a bit of a crossroads in a way, and it's something that. You know, our, our lovely friends down the road in Swansea struggled with a bit from, you know, under Rodgers and, and Martinez having this attacking, expansive football to then, um, you know, the likes of, um, who was it, Paul Clement maybe came in yeah. and, and really changed that, that style and, and they lost their identity a bit. And, you know, we might see something similar, Mark, in that, you know, if the next man does come in and tries to play, you know, this fancy football and, and we're not ready for that as a club. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I think... If I'm honest, I, th- I think Cardiff has always had that identity, but I think um, I, th- I think Warnock reignited it in us. I think um, I think we've always always had that that style. The Cardiff style has always been the Warnock style, really. Yeah. Um, and I think he just reignited the fans and 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 got everybody behind him again. Um, I think, yeah, I think better. I mean, Bell- I've got no problems with Bellamy coming in because I think I think. He knows exactly what Cardiff fans want, and he knows he knows football. And I, I I would have no problems with him coming in because I think he would know exactly how to keep us on that line. Yeah, and this is the point with Bellamy as well: is that throughout his career, he's played for managers who maybe haven't 
played football that he agreed with. You know, Makai at Cardiff, the, the football wasn't great. You know, at Liverpool, he played for Benitez, who, you know, was a quite, you know, negative or, or cautious manager. Mark Hughes, you know, is hardly Pep Guardiola. Um, <laughs> but and I think you're right there about Cardiff and, and perhaps our identity is Warnock's identity as well in, in that he just, just awoke that again. Um, and, you know, I was trying to think then about, you know, I'm 26. I've been going down Cardiff since about two or three, uh, no, no, a bit older, three or four. I can't remember a manager playing particularly great football. Dave Jones was, was probably best in that sort of yeah, Bothroyd chopper true. era. But, yeah. you know, even that wasn't, was hardly Barcelona. You know, there was still some, some doggedness to, to that team. And, and I think you're right. But I, I guess for me as well, one of the things that, that when I think of identity and I think of, you know, like I mentioned, I'm a big, big fan of watching what Ajax have done and, you know, Lyon are doing it at the moment in France and Southampton have done it recently and that, that real youth development and, and the academy feeding into um, feeding into the first team. And, and we've not seen it for, for a number of years. Joe Rawls is, is the last one and, you know, he was he was bought in um, of fairly still young but was he about 16 something like that when he joined the academy yeah i think he came across at 16 from was it Aldershot? Aldershot, yeah Aldershot. Mm. I th- was it was the him and one other but i can't remember who the one other was from from Aldershot. maybe i've, I've imagined that but yeah, you know before that it seemed it seemed like we had a great little production line was it you know from you know when i was growing up the likes of earnshaw and um people like that then through to gunter ledley ramsey you know Cameron Jerome came through the academy again, like Rawls at a later date. But since Rawls, we've not really seen anyone, was it? Have we? You know, Mark Harris has has flirted now and then, but you know, is he good enough? I'm not sure. I think there was that 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 second season under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. We went to we played a cup game. I think it was against Northampton, and we had people like Jazzy Barn and Bob yeah. um, playing at right back. And great yeah, because yeah, it was a great name, but um, evidently <laughs> he was not a great player because I think he's playing for Chelmsford or something now. Um, and I think there was there was a, a time under Solskjaer where it looked like he was flirting with doing that a bit more. You know, kind of there was a few players on the on the cup of, on the cusp of things. It was I think Oshilala Oshilaja, sorry, um, yeah. who's now Wimbledon. He was mm. he was kind of on the cusp of coming in and that kind of thing. And and then all of a sudden it kind of just stopped. And I think this season was never going to be the season for bringing through youth players. I think you know Reese Healy's come in and obviously we signed him from outside, but he's he's as close as we've got at the moment as the last kind of youth player coming in alongside Joe Rawls. And I think I think that you know we have an academy for a reason. I think if if we're not going to use it or if, if players aren't coming through, then we need to probably need to revisit why that is. And if players are coming through the academy and they're not good enough, then there's probably a problem with the academy. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that's why Warner when Warner came in, he's he kind of restructured it. Uh, he, he said that I think he went on record saying that there was there were too many twenty one to twenty four year olds who weren't yeah. really going to uh, break into his team, um, and and so he I think a lot of our players are now kind of stuck at that that eighteen nineteen age where they they're not quite ready to 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 get into the team yet, but but there's there's quite a bit of potential there maybe. Yeah, and I think I think you're right there. And I was looking at um, you know how the youth teams are doing, and our under twenty threes are perhaps the ones that I'm not sure how old actually the, the average age amongst that squad is. They beat Hull on the weekend, but they're eighth out of ten teams in their um, English Professional Development League South. Um, you know, so maybe it's a case of it's too late for them to to break through. And you know, that's no disrespect to them. There might be some very good footballers in there, 
Um, but you know, for our for the level we want to be at, maybe they're not they're too late developing. But the under 18s they they beat Leeds two nil um, in their last game, and they're they're first out of ten teams in their league. So there's clearly some really talented players in there, and um, you know maybe that's the next batch that that'll come through. I, th- I think there's just a general for me from from the last couple of years. There's a bit of com- confusion about the 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 youth players and and the players because Warnock has signed quite a few players who are quite young. You know, he signed people like James Waite, um, who's just coming up to 20 years old. He signed that guy from Ireland in January who's come in on loan, but they don't seem to get anywhere near the first team. And it's kind of, I think. Warnock has got the right idea about reforming the youth teams, but he's also got a bit of a, a confusing approach himself to these these young players. I think if we're signing these youth players from outside, surely they they should be special enough to come in to to kind of even threaten the first team. But that's just an aside, really. I just I was just thinking about James Waite then because I know he he came in I think over the summer or or a couple summers ago, and he's kind of not had a look. Was it Cameron Cox as well? Yeah, um, another another youth player who's come in, and I think he's gone out on loan now and. It's just a, it's confusing that we would sign all these youth players who then don't really go on to do anything. Yeah, especially as soon as we've had a bit of a crisis at front as well and yeah. a bit of crisis at right back and we haven't actually given them a chance and tried it. Um, I, I would have liked to have seen maybe maybe Cox or or um, I think, uh, is it Isaac Davis? Maybe, yeah. Maybe just, just having to go. Um, Which is why I quite like Reese Healy being in there. As much yeah. as... People don't seem to, you know, he's not gonna, he's not gonna be the guy who leads leads the way. But I think, you know, bringing him off the bench and and giving him fifteen minutes if we're if we might be chasing the game and we need a striker or we might be three 0 down and it, it gets him experience and gets him versed in, in 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 the highest level of football. Yeah, I agree. And you know, a lot of people uh, are in, you know, calling for Danny Ward all the time. And you know, Danny Ward did did pretty well when we needed him, but. Again, I don't think he's he's quite Premier League level. So I'd personally rather see Reese Healy come on for fifteen minutes and and get that experience and benefit long term than than perhaps someone like Danny Ward. And um, it's a difficult in the academy, isn't it? And admittedly, I don't know about you guys. I don't watch too much of of, of the academy games. I watch some some uh, some games on on the you know, Carl City TV, the highlights. So I don't have too much of informed opinion. But when I was going through the the squads list earlier and um, Obviously, the the agents, two sons. What, what was the agent's name? Um, Mackay, isn't it? Mackay, yeah, James and James Mackay's his son. His his son was there, and wasn't his other son there as well? At one, Paul Mackay, is it? Yeah, I think yeah. so. They were both there, weren't they? Yeah. Like, one of them's just gone on loan to Chesterfield or something. Um, yeah. His window is. I mean, it's murky, isn't it? It is, but then Warnock's sons there as well. Martin Margotson's sons there as well. It, isn't, isn't Bellamy's son in there as well? I think he, so, yeah. he, he definitely used to be. I'm not sure he's still there, but yeah, he, he used to be. Is it Ellis? Ellis Bellamy's this, son? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I was reading, I was thinking, God, are these, you know, not is there anything dodgy, but, you know, are they just there because of, you know, who they are? And, you know, that begs the question then if that is the case of how serious is, is the academy being taken. But, exactly. you know, with the under 18s doing well, it, it seems to be, you know, they may be the the next batch, and you know we'll see a few of them next season. But then we've not really had this season. Definitely wasn't the the time to to bring any in. I don't think, rather than the odd cameo. And you know, since Warnock's been at the club, it's been you know every game has been really important, hasn't it? From from survival yeah. in that first season to then chasing promotion, survival again. 
Uh, yeah, I think you know if, as Mark said earlier, we we got kind of got promoted a year earlier, and I think if if we hadn't got promoted last year, or if we we'd been in mid table, I think we would have seen more of people like Reese Healy. We would have seen more of people like Isaac Davis or, or you know similar players who were at the club. And I think as it is, we've just had a two year whirlwind where every, it kind of went from zero to a hundred, and then went to about one hundred and fifty. And and now we're in this position where we're we're in a really good chance of, of staying up. And I think you have to agree to some extent with Warnock's approach in that sense that this isn't the time to be blooding youngsters. But I think mm. I think there just needs to be if we like I, like I said earlier, if we have this academy, we need to use it. And I think especially in a, in a small footballing nation, the onus is is on us more than more than anywhere else really. Because I think in, in in England, they've they've kind of turned a corner, I think, and they are bringing through a lot of youth players. You know, you see Hudson Odoi going through to the um, the full team now, and I think Gareth Southgate's got the right idea in that sense. And I think I would like to see a bit more of that from Cardiff City and a bit more kind of ownership of of Welsh football from the club because I think we we used to have a rich history with it. You know, Darcy Blake was in the squads, Earnshaw was always in the squad. We'd have you know we we blooded Ramsey, Gunter, and who have gone on yeah. to be stalwarts for Wales. And I would just like to see that again because I think uh, Swansea have got a couple of really good young Welsh players coming through now and I'd like to match that really I just think it's it's important for for a nation of limited footballers to do that yeah and you look at you know the current Welsh squads and there's a few there that that were Cardiff City Academy graduates from Gunter and um, even someone like Tom Lockyer came through the Cardiff yeah. Academy and um, Declan John's in there who else have we got I'm not sure Ledley's not in there Matondo yeah Ramsey you know, so that that's evidence of that really good system that that we seem to use to have, and it's. I always think it's a shame, and you know, I love the Welsh international team and the international break as uh, as much as I'm sure you guys do, and but I'd love to see a, a Cardiff player in there. Yeah, and I think with 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 a few kind of key players in in the current Welsh squad on their way out. If you look at Ashley Williams, you look at um, you know, I, I hate to say it, but Chris Gunter's. 29 now and I think he'll be he'll be a couple of years away from looking on his way out we need to start filling those gaps and I think it should be on a, a club like us to, to be leading the way in that sense yeah yeah guys well we'll leave it there it's been really interesting speaking to you both about you know what the future might hold for for Cardiff City and you know the focus now is obviously on the last you know seven or eight games and, and, and survival um but you know into the summer and beyond it'll be interesting to see what will happen with the club and and Ben where can people find you on Twitter uh, you can find me at a multitude of accounts um, <laughs> the original at view from the NIN which is the original view from the NINian account or you can find me at Benjamin James 27 the 27 of course the 1927 perfect. Uh, Mark what about you uh, mine's uh, at Mark Lewis Carter perfect well guys thank you very much hopefully uh, have you both on again fairly soon cheers Scott thanks Scott Thank you for listening to View from the Ninian. We're for fans, by fans. You can catch more like this at viewfromtheninian.com. We're also on Facebook and Twitter, so make sure you check us out. Come on, city.